Hello and welcome to the 3H2 Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility Radio Show. Each episode, Lynn and Mustachio will explore continuums of meaning, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? So sit back, stand up, drive or jog, whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings. Today is April 29th, 2015, here in lovely Spokane, Washington. Today's episode, season one, episode two, is about reflection writing. It's a 10 list. We uh, here at 3H2 Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility uh, like to use 10 lists. It helps to organize thoughts and information as well as offers pink zone tangibility. This is a bit of a sore spot for me when I click on a podcast and the title alludes to some sort of information, offering insights into a specific category. I encourage folks to give it that deeper look, to go beyond the headline. That's why we have 10 lists. (laughs) The reason why we have 10 lists is to create content which is concise and digestible. Okay, so today we will go over reflection writing. The original episode was recorded on January 27th of 2015, so a couple months ago, and the listener challenge has to do with writing 90 pages in 90 days. Give that a a look, a look of the ears, (laughs) and see if that type of challenge is something that may be interesting. So let's go ahead and run through the list. First off in the episode, I speak about how Reflection writing is a brain dump and explain a bit of what reflection writing means to me as well as why I consider reflection writing to be a necessary habit. I have not reflection wrote in probably a month. That's an exaggeration. Uh, Two weeks, which feels like forever, but I have had other priorities. And that's really what it boils down to. Priorities. Sometimes I prioritize reflection writing. The recent trip to Walla Walla, I prioritized reflection writing. Now I'm prioritizing the radio show. When the time is appropriate, I do encourage folks to embrace season one, episode two's listener challenge having to do with writing 90 pages in 90 days. So number one, formatting. I speak about some of the formatting tips which are helpful to me. I do encourage folks to give it a shot. It took me a while to reach these conclusions, a lot of trial and error, and it may not be the optimal meta for everyone, but I do think it's a great starting point. And a starting point that I feel if I had years ago, my writing would have been more productive sooner. Number two, daily habit. Incorporate it into the day somehow. I would say perhaps couple it with another daily activity. What works well in terms of creating a daily habit cycle is to do the habit early. I like to do them before eight (laughs) o'clock. That's kind of my cutoff. If there's an absolute thing, do it super early in the morning, get it done. For this, I do recommend that get up a little early in the day. The writing will be more insightful and the day start off with that positive domino. If the accomplishment is achieved first thing rather than in the evening when, at least for me, I'm tired. My brain 
is not nearly as functional as it was in the early hours. But everybody's different, so find the time of day that is best suited. Number three, stay in the Word document. I think this is important. Shut the internet off, close down all other windows, everything. Treat the Word document as though it were a piece of paper, a journal. Really focus on the moment and be with the words. Number four, minimize streams of consciousness. In the episode, we talk about the continuum of streams of consciousness and how I enjoy to reflection write in solitude at 4.30 in the morning when it's consciously and physically quiet. Also, I like to go to a crowded bar on a Friday or Saturday night and write with multiple streams of consciousness. It's a fun continuum to play with. So with the reflection writing challenge, doing the 90 pages in 90 days, explore with many of these parameters. I would consider this rather than reaching some sort of destination of 90 pages and 90 goals, I would view it more as a journey, viewing each step as the most beautiful moment. (laughs) Number five, reflect honestly and objectively. Amplify truth muscle. I do feel as though reflection writing does amplify the truth muscle, the capability of telling truth. Telling the truth is a skill, oddly. Amplify truth muscle, reflect honestly and objectively. Work out that muscle, even little steps. Many athletes, well, essentially thinking biologically, all human athletes first needed to crawl before achieving great human feats of strength. Number six, small chunklets. Break it down. In my younger years of reflection writing, I would ramble on about nothing for pages and pages of just nonsense garbage. Be conscious of this. Break it down into small chunklets. It's much more digestible and I think enjoyable. And for me, it's helped to organize thoughts. If I have to, okay, have to, that's kind of pish-poshy. If I've set up the meta to where I do small chunklets, then it encourages me to give detail about a specific chunklet and then move on. Similar to the legs on a, of an octopus. Essentially, the end result is the octopus and each little chunklet is a leg. So be cognizant of each chunklet being individualized yet working as a part of a system. Number seven, set it and forget it. I like to write and then not look at it for a while. Part of the way my brain works is it goes back to the Ferris wheel in the mind where there's one, so let's say one day's reflection writing. I write it. It needs to go all the way around the Ferris wheel and come all the way back before I want to look at it again. I want to grow and learn and expand and look at the document with new eyes. That's a big part of it. If I checked over my work all the time and was always, so pish posh word as a absolute, but if I were always in that environment, I would be blinded to other environments. I like to set it and forget it, right? For months, a year, whatever it may be. Then when I have the time, I'll go over and check in on old Lynn and Mustachio, what those crazy kids were up to back in yesteryear. Set it and forget it with the 90 days and 90 pages and 90 days. I think that's a great beginner, starter, set it and forget it time frame. Number eight, give possibilities. Remove assumptions, explore new thought. More muscles are being flexed and worked out here in the mind with exploring new thought. 
giving possibilities removes assumptions. That's one of the things we do here at 3H2. (laughs) One of the things we do here at 3H2 Humans is to increase logic and decrease assumption-based thinking. Giving alternatives helps to increase the probability of entering logical thought. For me, if I have some problem, I'm upset with myself about some event or some occurrence, I write about it and I give different potential reasons why the event happened, how I could prevent it from happening in the future. I look at it from all angles. Imagine an object far away and view the object from varied vantage points. So that's what this boils down to with giving possibilities and removing assumptions is introducing new spots in the continuum and introducing new vantage points. So much is seen and hidden, all depending on the vantage point. So number eight, give possibilities and explore new thought. Number nine, be conscious of tense. This is one I've struggled with and continue to struggle with. Sometimes I talk in the past tense and then I'll jump to current tense and then future tense. Give conscious thought to how the words are set up. Look at it objectively. Reread the sentences. Are they all in the same tense? Does the tense make sense? What's going on with that? Number 10, listen to the muse and have fun. Dick around, be serious, philosophize, whatever it may be. With reflection writing, I found that the cure for writer's block is to dick around and write about it. Write about objects in the room. That's, well, okay, Mustachio's putting me in my place. (laughs) I'm having too much fun over here. Uh, A more productive way to remove writer's block that I've found is to describe my environment. If I'm upset or have too many thoughts, feel overwhelmed, whatever it may be, what I do is I slow down and I say, okay, what is in this room? Where am I? What's going on? I slow my thinking down to where it's the subconscious thought is accessible when my mind is slowed down. Take a few breaths, examine the environment, and then oftentimes once I start to explain the detail, I'm calmed down and the writer's block is removed and I'm able to write. So I do encourage those who have trouble finding the muse, explain the environment. Work on detail. Work on slowing down the mind, increasing awareness. Number 10, listen to the muse, have fun. Life is short. Reflecting on one's own character, actions, and overall purpose is a huge catalyst for positive change. Sometimes it's a bit difficult, but with the muse there and having fun and having that document to look back on. I'm lucky enough to where even in the early 90s, I did writing and I get to check in on old Lynn. (laughs) So we have number one, formatting. Number two, a daily habit. Number three, stay in the Word document. Number four, minimize streams of consciousness. Number five, reflect honestly and objectively. Amplify the truth muscle. Number six, small chunklets. Number seven, set it and forget it. Number eight, give three possibilities. Decrease assumptions. Explore new thoughts. Number nine, be conscious of tense. Number 10, listen to the muse, have fun. All right, so there we go. That is the 10 list for reflection writing. It is interesting, a little bit ago, 
I was listening to a podcast where the folks were speaking about reflection writing. Their take was a bit different than mine. What inspired the broadcasting of this show was one gentleman in particular's eagerness to ask about reflection writing. His humble yearning for information motivated me. It tickled me in the right way. So thank you, sir. I hope this reaches you somehow, some way, and reaches everyone who desires to give reflection writing a shot. I've found that with many of my friends, it's those who participate in some sort of reflective habit that I've remained core friends with for 10, 20 years. All right, get on out there, enjoy some sunshine, enjoy some reflection writing, and uh, yeah. Today is January 27th, 2014 at about 1.15 here in kind Spokane, Washington. A kind city where neighbors pick up garbage off the ground and wave hello to passerbyers. That's the type of, type of place Spokane, Washington is. So for today, we are going to go ahead and do a 10 list. Mustachio and I are working on the format for the show each week, figuring out if we're going to have a theme for each day or just free ball it and mix it up. Yesterday we did a communication tip that might be a Monday thing. And then uh, <laughs> uh, 10 lists on Tuesdays. 10 list Tuesday. Who knows? But then again, as Mustachio was pointing out, we've said, we've spoken about week formats before. And they turn out to be weak. <laughs> All right, so today's 10 list is about reflection writing habits. Reflection writing. First of all, let's talk about what is reflection writing. Um, I define reflection writing as a brain dump, as a necessary component in thinking, in cognition, in problem solving, putting information into the pink zone, learning from myself and the past perspectives I've had and recognizing they change. The beliefs, stigmas, paradigms, all of those things which I held so dear last year, many of them have changed. I no longer feel the way I once did. This is a sign of evolution. I think it's important to utter the words, I was wrong, I miscalculated, the fool's gold is fool's gold <laughs> rather than than not but it's the adventure that's the perhaps really matters the adventure so what is uh, synonymous with reflection writing some people may call it journaling or uh, I would go even far as to say blogging people will blog what I would consider reflection writing it's pretty much writing one of the problems with the word diary and journal and uh, log, all, all these things, they mean, they hold different meanings to different people. Blanketly saying, you know, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm journaling. And then that, that person has their own ideas. So keep an open mind, the keystone with all of this. An open mind and write on the page. I know for me, whew, I've been reflection writing 
for the last 20 years or so. It's dramatically changed over time. So that's kind of what we're gonna go over today are the things I've learned, the formatting and content and cognitive little tricks of the trade I've come across. And these are the 10 reflection writing habits I exhibit today and that may change in the future, but these are the ones that work for me now. And I would like to share them. Uh, listening to Pavel Tatsulin talk about how he thinks on the page. I've heard other people speak about that as well. Thinking on the page. This is um, a beautiful resource which is underutilized. And I too believe more people think on the page than they think. Be open to the possibility Getting one's thoughts down on a piece of paper may have exponential positive growth benefits. We're going to run through the list and then talk about them and then run through the list again. 10 reflection writing habits. Number one, formatting. Block style paragraph. Give extra attention to spaced out sentences. Add detail or reword. Spell check turned off. Red lines equal distraction fix grammatical and spelling errors later, and be careful of thesauruses and synonyms. Uh, sometimes synonyms change the meaning of a word. So that's formatting, and it's block style paragraph, having a header, and turning the spell checker off. Number two, daily routine. Develop habit to write daily. A set goal of 90 pages in 90 days. Experiment with time of the day. Number three, stay in the Word document. Disable internet, take notes in a notebook or on a whiteboard, visualize computer as journal. Number four, minimize streams of consciousness. Write in solitude, no noise, no people, no music. In contrast, examine and tinker around with a busy bar, restaurant, where there are many streams of consciousness. Number five, reflect honestly and objectively. When fooling others, the only fool is the self. Amplify the truth muscle. Number six, small chunklets. Block thoughts into four to six lines at a time. Focus narrow, expand larger within the document. Offer honest, concise, and digestible words. Number seven, set it and forget it. Let time pass before reading, editing. Print out a hundred or so pages and write notes on the printed papers. Number eight, explore new thoughts. List and explain both ends of the continuum. Give three possibilities to remove assumptions. Number nine, be concise, be conscious of tense. For example, I, me, we, general tense. Pay attention to who is delivering the message, as well as ing, or pluralizations. Give attention to the interworkings of the sentences. Number 10, have fun. Listen to the muse. Dick around, go on tangents, or deeply philosophize. When I say follow the muse, let intuition guide. All right, so that's the 10 reflection writing habits. Let's go on, let's dive right into number one, formatting, block style paragraph. Give extra attention to spaced out sentences, add detail and reword. So this is a newer thing I've been doing, doing the block style. I use Microsoft Word. I think it's the 2007 edition. Over on the top right, header to click on. And then it blocks every, so block. Um, how it is in a book. 
and newspaper articles where the spacing is such that there is a minimization of cutoff words. It's an aesthetics thing. I like the aesthetics of block style paragraph as well. If the sentences are jacked up, sometimes there'll be three spaces in between each word to get that block style look. In those sentences, I go back and give them extra attention and I change the words and I reword it. The information contained in that chunklet, I go back and re-examine. So with the block style paragraph, it has an aesthetics benefit as well as a kind of red flag for sentences which may or may not need extra attention. And with that, I feel as though every sentence can grow and expand and be a more optimal version of itself. I do strongly encourage keeping an open mind, having this mindset of, okay, this sentence is all spaced out crazy. What word or words can I remove? And maybe add uh, words with more sprinkle, whatever it may be. Give that sentence attention. And the header, date, time, location, and trinket. So these are the components I use. Whatever works, I think is important for each individual to set their own header parameters. But I do strongly encourage a header. I like to put objective data within the header as, um, you know, the day, the time, the location, the trinket, so I can cross-check information and collect data in a more organized way. Also, I feel as though time and location, as well as time of year, have an impact on writing. There may be some people who don't have any headers and then just free flow writing. That may work best for some. Uh, with this one and with all of these components, these are thought seeds. It's not right or wrong, good or bad, best or worst. They're just thought seeds. I personally enjoy a header. <laughs> what I like to do as well, which is a newer habit, is to copy and paste it and then put the header at the end of where I wrote the previous day. So that way it's kind of a subconscious reminder, hey, tomorrow I'm gonna write. It's setting it up. It's kind of like um, prep work before cooking. Two with the header, I bold and underline them. I put it in Bookman, old Bookman font at uh, 12 point. So spell check turned off. Red lines equal distraction. Fix later, be careful of synonyms. So spell check turned off. Uh, this is another newer one where I used to have the spell checker on and I would stop and click and then fix it or be irritated by all the green and then the red lines. And oh, since I've turned it off, huge improvements. I don't know what the default settings are for the newer documents. I encourage turning it off. Number two, oh, and be careful of synonyms. I've been on synonym chases before while I'm trying to write. Words lose the meaning I originally intended, pulls me away from the points I'm working through. So I do strongly encourage the spell check off, thesaurus off, all that stuff. This is a time to critically think, to think without other people or other machines, other algorithms influence. This is one's own consciousness influence. And then uh, as we explore later on with uh, the printing one, which one was that? Um, whichever one it is, <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> All right, number two, daily routine. Make it a daily routine, develop a habit. Oh, I kick myself for 
huge chunks of time, six months. I've had a few six months since where I didn't write at all. My life was in chaos, blah, 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 excuse. Do you encourage developing a habit to write daily? Even if it's half a page, I really strive for one page. And sometimes I'll just bullshit. Today I did this and it was fun. And then tomorrow I wanna to do this. And I want my dreamland that, just bullshit. It's not very hard to bullshit for a page. And I do find that once I sit down and dedicate the time, the muse shows up. Have it be a daily routine develop the habit to write daily, set a goal of 90 pages in 90 days. So 90 pages, 90 days, not that big of a deal. Very easy to bang out 10 pages of nonsense uh, in one day or 10 pages of glory on a Saturday night. It's possible and go for it. 90 pages in 90 days. Having an average of a page a day is probably a good idea for people starting off. Uh, as long as it gets done, that's the main objective. Experiment with time of day. I tend to either write early in the morning or late at night. What's strange is I do feel that I'm most comfortable writing after the sun has gone down or prior to the sun rising. I'm not quite sure why this is. I think it has to do with the settling of the environment. There's less noise. Um, and when I say noise, I mean streams of consciousness from other people. The world calms down and I feel a bit more at ease. So I do encourage folks to find the time of day where there is that ease, whether it be morning, afternoon, night, experiment during this 90 pages in 90 days. Ooh, and that's a listener challenge. Good job, Mustachio. He held up the listener challenge card for the 90 pages in 90 days. So I'm gonna go ahead and write that on the whiteboard so we can expand further. So listener challenge, 90 pages in 90 days. Number three, stay in the Word document. Disable internet, take notes in notebook slash whiteboard, visualize computer as a paper journal. What do I mean by this? Stay in the Word document. Ah, I've been blessed when I first started reflection writing on a computer. It was before the internet and before Wi-Fi. Oh, okay, so I'm not going to say before the internet, but before the internet was common. I remember the first reflection writing I saved on a 3x5 disc. Lord knows where that disc is. Oh, God, I'd love to find it. <sighs> what was I writing about back then? Okay, so... <laughs> in the word document. It's like a breadcrumb trail, looking at pictures and then it's like, oh yeah, the picture, oh, I forgot to send this email and then blah, 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 all this stuff. So stay in the word document, disable the internet. That's a huge piece of the puzzle. So then there's no alerts, there's none of that stuff. Minimize phone distraction. Really give this some attention, focused laser beam attention. Take notes in a notebook or on a whiteboard. Sometimes I get great ideas and they're just little quick sentences that don't really fit into the reflection writing. In the past, I would force them in and I'd say, oh my gosh, okay, I'm writing about the effect of a child wishing a duck a good day. And does that have a positive or negative effect on those in the environment? Does it matter because a duck does not speak English? Is greeting a duck something of substance? <laughs> And then another idea pops up. I jot them down somewhere else instead of forcing them into whatever it is I'm speaking about. To each their own with this. 
do you encourage as a means to learn how to be concise and direct and focused and really expand on a concept in a clear and concise manner? I do recommend jotting down those quick little blips of genius in a notebook or on a whiteboard and remain focused on whatever thought is being worked out. Visualize the computer as a journal. So visualize it as a notebook. Books don't have internet access. <laughs> well, technically in today's vocabulary, notebook, I think is like an iPad or something. When I say notebook, I mean paper one. Visualize computer as a paper document that its sole purpose during that little chunklet of time is to reflect, to just get words on the page. That's the objective. Number four, minimize streams of consciousness. Write in solitude, no noise, no people, no music. In contrast, go to a busy bar, restaurant, where there are many streams of consciousness. Part of this 90 pages in 90 days, explore what happens when it's silent. Took me a while to be able to even write in silence. I would remember all these things I had to do, go dick off doing things or go out in the garden or walk around or talk to a stranger while I was hanging out in the garage. You know, any other thing to do, I would do it. But over time, I was able to get to a point where I could calm my mind down and be in silence. Listen to the aerator on the fish tank and the clicking of the clock and the ignition of the furnace as opposed to music or a podcast or someone talking or some other stream of consciousness. That's essentially other stimuli. The reflection writing exercise, I think is best suited as a critical thinking mind bender to minimize those streams of consciousness. In contrast, I do love going to a bar after a hard day of work, grabbing me a beer and just observing. Remembering that I am human <laughs> and, and writing, just being who I am around people who are being who they are. It's um, oddly comforting. So explore that and give note to the streams of consciousness present or lack thereof. So that's number four, minimize streams of consciousness. Number five, reflect honestly and objectively. When fooling others, the only fool is the self. Amplify the truth muscle. So this is something I've learned. When fooling others, the only fool is the self. I thought in my younger days, my early 20s, late 20s, and sometimes still in my early 30s, I think when I fool someone, I am just the smartest fox in the hen house. I'm just so neat. Oh, look at me, I fooled someone. But then I began to realize that in those cases, I'm the fool. Would mentors I respect respect my behavior when I'm fooling others? Probably not. Would my mentors and many smarter people than I be able to essentially outwit someone in a fashion that doesn't involve fooling them? I believe so. This is a lesson I've learned with reflection writing in the beginnings. I was fooling myself. I was writing, reflection writing to me, basically being dishonest, jabbing about a bunch of nothing. How do I know this? <laughs> Gone back and, and looked. Being dishonest with the self during reflection writing isn't gonna be very beneficial. So I wasted about 10 years trying to fool myself, trying to fool others 
now that I write more honestly and more objectively than I have in the past, I, I tend to experience a higher level of elation, of happiness when I am honest and when I don't bullshit myself or only speak about opinions. So that's what I mean when I say write objectively. So that kind of goes to there's my truth, your truth, and what actually happened or and what really happened, something to that effect. Look at all of those. Look at one's self-truth. Look at the other person's people or things in that situation, whatever is being reflected upon. And then do the, the best possible <laughs> at taking that nearly completely objective standpoint, removing the self from the situation. I remember back at the university, I was speaking with a grad student who was teaching a principles of learning class, and I had asked him, okay, devoid of this situation between you, the instructor, and me, the student, let's analyze the test structure of this class. So I was setting up an example, and I said, okay, so what would the professor do and what would the student do in that situation? Oh, what I would do. No, 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 not you. This is, we want to look objectively at this. We want to remove our stigmas, stereotypes, paradigms, all the things we hold true and dear need to be removed. Put ourselves in someone else's shoes and view whatever's going on. The I perspective is for that first component of the three in terms of examining truth. The my truth, that's where that belongs. The universal truth is best removed from uh, that one-sided perspective. Okay, amplify the truth muscle. I feel as though reflection writing has really helped me amplify my truth muscle. The one time a day where I get to be me. I get to be 100% me. If I wanna just be negative and just talk about how everybody's an idiot dickhead and that ice cream cones have unconscious and humans have subconscious, and why do people say unconscious when that's ice cream cones and knocked out boxers, and I can go on my tangents, and I can release that, and I can look at it on the page and realize I'm being irrational. <laughs> and I love that. So it's my little mental health escape for the day. A side benefit to that is developing a truth muscle, is being more open, to exploring truth rather than only thinking about my individualized perspective. Okay, next, so that is number five. Reflect honestly and objectively. When fooling others, the only fool is the self. Amplify the truth muscle. Number six, small chunklets. Block thoughts into four to six lines at a time. Focus narrow, expand larger within the document. Offer honest, concise, and digestible words. This has taken many years for me to refine. I continue to refine and adapt and change. When going over writing from a couple years ago, I would blab incessantly about nearly nothing. On a single page, there'd be two or three paragraphs. What I've done is broken them down into small chunklets, blocking thoughts into four to six lines at a time and focusing narrowly. I found that in some of my past paragraphs, that could be essentially a 10-page document. It's just too concise and not digestible. I've had that problem and then too much detail. Yeah, I've, 
I've had many complications. What helps minimize the complications and helps me to break down thoughts more precisely is the four to six lines. So that way it's like just the right amount of detail. I feel personally right now (laughs) is, uh, it's not too much and it's not too little. Sometimes I'm no information and sometimes too much. So this style has helped me to have a thought, explain the thought, and then move on to the next thought with a transition as the opening sentence to the next thought. Uh, The writing I do now flows much better than in the past. So I do recommend small chunklets, block thoughts into four to six lines at a time, focus narrow, and then expand larger within the document. Expanding larger within the document. Uh, Lately, I've been working on themes. So where each day is essentially some sort of theme. Instead of too much, like the old Wild West, guns slinging everywhere, there's a thought about philosophy here and then astrophysics here and then art here and deep diving over here and it's all in one page and it's just ah! I recognize this even gets chaotic for me when I go back and read it and it's chaotic for me at the time when I write it so I have found the four to six lines and then expand larger within that document as well to offer honest concise and digestible words Be cognizant of the words and run them through the filters in the mind, those spaghetti strainers we have built by neuronal connections that distinguish things as honest, concise, and digestible. Allow for one's words to fit in these categories. And that is number six, small chunklets. Block thoughts, focus narrow, expand larger, and offer honest, concise, and digestible words. Number seven, set it and forget it. Let time pass before reading, editing, print a hundred or so pages and write notes on the pages. So set it and forget it. I've kind of done both uh, where I'd stay in the document, but before writing, I would go back and say, okay, what was I doing a year ago on this day? Or what was bothering me two weeks ago? And then I'd go and look at that and I'd just kind of dick off. And then before I knew it, time was up and I had to go do something else. I do encourage, allow each day to be its own journal in a sense. Allow each day to be a clean slate. Three days in a row where I've expanded on the same problem and just worked it through. That's okay. It's not a a book to be published before editing or any of that stuff. So it's okay. When I experience very difficult situations, situations that are hard for me to process into conscious thought, I will spend time on them. And I know, hey, it feels like I wrote all this. I probably did yesterday, but the the focal points change. And um, Mustachio and I have spoke about essentially when we humans wake in the morning, we're a different creature. We're a different being. Uh, Our core, our character, our soul, consciousness, all that is still there, yet it's slightly altered. Uh, When sleeping, that's kind of when the construction and the cleanup and the fixing crew and housekeeping and the doctor and all those, the shaman, come in, do their magic, and then bam, we wake up as humans recharged, refreshed, and ready to roll. So it's okay uh, if there's an altercation that is on the mind and it was wrote about yesterday, write about it again. Dig deeper 
into the components which are still lingering. And then eventually it will become less and less of a problem. Then during reflection writing time, other more grander focuses may come about, but it's okay to repeat information and who cares? <laughs> it's about that one day, that individualized journal for each day, the set it and forget it. Let time pass before reading or editing. I do recommend pretending as though the other pages aren't even there when writing. Let all that be in memory rather than in the pink zone and looking at it. Print a hundred or so pages and write notes. This is fun. Uh, sometimes for me, I will get some food, glass of wine, put on a movie, like a chick flick or something, print out a hundred pages and then write write notes on them, transport myself back to the time whenever it was that I wrote the documents. And it's strange, one of my most pleasant memories of living in Moscow, Idaho, was watching, uh, what is it? The Catching Fire, um, the Hunger Games. I watched Hunger Games and ate awesome, I don't know, ah, it was, I think it was the, this Thai place that I loved, so I had my favorite food glass of wine, awesome movie, time to myself. Oh, it was one of the most pleasant memories I have. And I watched the movie twice in a row and then just kept working and writing and dicking around with the printed document and reflecting and just having fun with it. Print out about 100 pages at a time. So for this one, 90 pages in 90 days. Once the 90 days is up, print it out, look at it. Observe the different mindsets, observe the evolutionary points which have been marked along the way. And that is number seven, set it and forget it. Let time pass before reading, editing. Print a hundred or so pages and write notes. Number eight, explore new thoughts. List and explain both ends of the continuum. Give three possibilities as to remove assumptions. So number eight is explore new thoughts. This is a safe place. <laughs> um, growing up in San Jose, California, there were signs. I forget exactly what they say now, but parents from the PTA who are like the Girl Scouts or some most likely government or privatized organization gave out these signs and it was like safe place here so that if a child was in trouble, the sign in the house, then that was a safe house, that somehow those people were vetted by someone else to receive that sign. <laughs> oh, the early 90s. <laughs> so when I think of reflection writing, I think of that sign. I think of the safe place. Allow reflection writing to be that safe place where any thought can be explored. Um, whatever it may be, however controversial to external forces as well as within oneself. Um, explore. This is an, an expedition. I love to explore things that I think are absolutes. That's one of my favorite areas to go. If I think something is an absolute or I have an assumption towards something, I list and explain both ends of the continuum. So I examine whether something is true or false, the components of each of those, and to see things from an opposite perspective so that I can make an educated decision as to what my conclusion will be. And with assumptions, 
give three possibilities. I love to assume. Oh, wow, do I? And I feel this is a natural human trait, assuming. In some ways, we kind of have to <laughs> uh, in order to navigate through life. Assuming helps us to communicate with others, cut corners when needed. There are some benefits to assuming as well as some uh, negatives, some downsides. Give three possibilities to remove assumptions. Uh, one of the assumptions I like to make is that people are lazy and they don't give a shit about anything. In order for me to remove those assumptions, I think, okay, this person is an idiot. I asked a question. The question wasn't answered. Why are they deflecting? Immediate response, idiot. <laughs> to remain sane, or at least somewhere along the spectrum of sanity, I explore other possibilities. Maybe the person didn't read the question. Maybe the person doesn't know the answer. Maybe the person is too busy, or maybe the person doesn't feel as relevant. So there are many other possibilities beyond idiocy. And that's what we explore here at the 3H2Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility. So remove those assumptions. Let this reflection writing be a place to do that. So number eight, explore new thoughts. List and explain both ends of the continuum. Give three possibilities as to remove assumptions. Number nine, be conscious of tense. I, me, we, uh, generalized tense. Pay attention to who is delivering the message, as well as ing or s the pluralization. Uh, so with the tense, I kind of go back and forth. Uh, sometimes I want to say I, I did this, I feel this way. And then sometimes I want to be more general and present specific instances from a more objective way. Instead of I drank the coffee and it was hot, the coffee was hot. Th things like that where it's not as personalized. Uh, <laughs> the big one that I stay away from and which is strange, in published books, people misuse the word you. I, this blows my mind. Be cautious of misuse of you when speaking, especially from the first person or to more than one other person. The word you is not appropriate. You is appropriate if it's to one specific person. So keep this in mind. If they fuck you for doing that, okay. If it's one person, sure. That is an applicable use of the word you. Not applicable is if I were to say, when you reflection right, you have so much fun. Be conscious of tense. As well, I've learned in reworking sentences, the ing or the or, to drink, drinking, many drinks. There's a fluidity with those. Sometimes I'll use past tense. So I was drinking some tea and then I am happy. So those don't really go together. One is past tense and one is present tense. So be cognizant of that. Work towards keeping in the same tense. Either tell it from a perspective of it already happened or from it is happening or it will happen. And be conscious of the way the verbs and action items are constructed and work towards keeping in either the past, present, or future. So be conscious of tense, I, me, we, general tense, misuse of you, pay attention to who is delivering the message, who is speaking. Number 10, have fun. Listen to the muse, dick around, 
go on tangents, or deeply philosophize. Tap into intuition. This is the most important one, and sometimes it's hard to stir up. I'll admit, some days I'm tired. I don't want to get up at 5.45 and write. Once I do, I'm usually pretty happy that I did. Be cognizant of that. It may be a bit difficult to start, but once the activity is started, whew, the fun ensues. So have fun and listen to the muse. I've learned sometimes I feel as though I need to talk about something and the muse isn't there. Intuition isn't there. The words are stuck. I have to force it. Uh, that's bullshit. So I've learned over time, as opposed to forcing those, to just change the subject. And sometimes it's abrupt. Sometimes I'll be deep into a, a philosophical rabbit hole, digging down deep, all these cool things, and then it just disappears. That happens. When it happens, I move on. In the past, I would poke and prod and, oh my God, that idea was so great. Oh, what was it? And I tried too much. A part of reflection writing is tapping into the subconscious mind. That's a big, big component here. It's getting to know deeper layers of oneself and one's environment. As we've spoke about, if humans had all the stimuli within the environment pushed into conscious thought, we would go absolutely crazy. In this room, I have plethora of stuff on the whiteboard, mustachios here. I got the tea, the trinket, the glass of water, robotic candle, tissues, chandelier, shelf full of books in my head. I know each color of every book on the shelf and the names and the density and all of that information is essentially accessible. But to keep me from completely losing my mind, most of that is reserved for subconscious processing so that consciously I can focus on a task without being inundated with sensory input from the environment. So allow reflection writing to be that calming down of conscious thinking and evoking of subconscious thinking. I think this is where the fun sets in, where components of one's deep character come out, where the muse shows up. This is, this is where the magic happens. Do encourage everyone to have fun, listen to the muse, dick around, go on tangents, deeply philosophize, whatever it may be, just listen to intuition. And that's number 10. All right, so let's go ahead and run through them one more time. 10 reflection writing habits. Number one, formatting, block style paragraph. Give extra attention to spaced out sentences, add detail and reword when those sentences look kind of funky. Number two of number one, <laughs> header, date, time, location, trinket, copy and paste it for the next day and use bold and underline. Whatever objective parameters are desired for the header, go for it. Spell check is turned off. Red lines equal distraction, fix later. Be careful of synonym slip and slides. Looking up one word leads to another and then it just goes crazy. So I recommend turn spell check off, grammar, thesaurus. Let this be a critical thinking exercise from one's own brain juices. Number two, daily routine. Develop habit to write daily. Set a goal of 90 pages in 90 days. Experiment with the time of day. Number three, stay in the Word document. Disable internet, take notes in the notebook or the whiteboard. Visualize computer as a paged paper journal. 
Four, minimize streams of consciousness, right in solitude, no noise, no people, no music. In contrast, go to a busy bar, a restaurant where there are many streams of consciousness and explore the, um, compare and contrast the two. Number five, reflect honestly and objectively. When fooling others, the only fool is the self. Amplify the truth muscle. Number six, small chunklets. Block thoughts into four to six lines at a time. Focus narrow, expand larger within the document. Offer honest, concise, and digestible words. Number seven, set it and forget it. Let time pass before reading, editing. Print a hundred or so pages and write notes on those pages. Number eight, explore new thoughts. Listen, explain both ends of the continuum. Give three possibilities to remove assumptions. Number nine, be, cons be, <laughs> be conscious of tense. I, me, we, general tense. Pay attention to who is delivering the message and who is listening to the message. And the ing or s's, what are the actions doing? Is it past, present, or future tense? Number 10, have fun. Listen to the muse, dick around, go on tangents, or deeply philosophize. Follow intuition. All right, and our listener challenge for today was about the 90 pages in 90 days. And then to edit, pages after. Yeah, okay, so 90 pages, 90 days, easy peasy. I'm doing a, gosh, I forgot how many pages I'm doing, but it's from October to May. It is now January and I am 15 pages behind. I need to catch up. When I was in California, I wrote very sparingly. I tend to write sparingly when I'm on trips with other people and I write a shit ton when I'm on trips by myself. <laughs> kind of strange. Uh, it all depends on the meta. All right, so that is the 10 reflection writing habits and the listener challenge of writing 90 pages in 90 days. So it doesn't have to be fancy, just crank out them pages and then uh, reflect after. Go back and explore the world how it was once seen. All right, Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humbled perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. Enjoy.